Hey, you're about to hear a great word from our teaching team. At Freedom House, we're about equipping you to experience Christ's freedom every day. We would love to connect with you. We stream our live services Sundays at 10.30 and 12.15 Eastern Standard Time. You can join us at freedomhouse.cc live. I hope you enjoyed this message. How y'all doing tonight? Good to see you. Fantastic. Awesome. We also want to welcome all of our live streamers. So thank you for uh, joining us today. And uh, I know you're probably singing along with us, row, row, row your boat. But uh, we are excited about what God's gonna do in this uh, service. Uh, Before we get started into this message, I wanna mention a couple things that are happening here at Freedom House in the coming weeks. The first thing is we have something really exciting coming up on September 29th and 30th, and this is water baptism. This is very, very important for us as as a people to demonstrate what God has done in us through water baptism. So I know the question that you ask a lot of times is, why do I need to do this? Why do I need to get water baptized? Why, why, why even do that, participate in that? Because uh, it's, it's a demonstration of what God has done on the inside of you. And basically what you're doing is you're telling everybody. You're telling everybody across the world that you have accepted Jesus, that your life is different, you went down one person, and you come up a brand new person. Now, I know a lot of people ask me this question because maybe they grew up Catholic or they grew up in a different denomination where they were sprinkled as a child. Nothing wrong with that. That's fantastic. Um, However, you still want to be baptized if you have given your life to Jesus. And so if you've made that declaration of your life, so you didn't do that when you were a baby, because you really couldn't talk that much. And so, but now that you can talk, when you say, Jesus, come into my life, you, can be, you became a Christian, you, you became a follower of Jesus Christ, now you can demonstrate to the whole world what God has done to you. So make sure you register. Now, here's how you do it. It's really easy. Get your phones out. Come on, everybody, get your phones out here. Get your phones out uh, online right now. Grab your phone, grab your, because I know you're on their social media right now. So go ahead and grab it right now. And I want you to text the word baptism to 84576. So just text baptism to 84576, and it'll follow you through all of the different opportunities. That entire weekend, I think there's like four, six, Eight different opportunities uh, where you can be baptized, water baptized, and you can just show your whole family, show your friends, show your enemies, show the world what Jesus has done in your life. Amen? All right. The other thing that I want to mention really quickly is our Florence Relief uh, efforts across um, the state and furthermore, maybe in South Carolina, we are accepting all kinds of donations, financial donations, because I know a lot of you don't, don't live in North Carolina, live in Charlotte. Um, you can also donate financially through florencerelief.cc. Uh, we'd love for you to participate with us if you're in Charlotte, bringing stuff to each one of our locations, um, our Central Campus, our South End Campus, our Lake Norman Campus, and then there's several businesses. Just follow us on social media or go onto the website because we really want to help some people. Um, I've got friends up and down the East Coast, and they have been hammered, and so I know they're going to need a lot of help, a lot of attention, and we want to be that church that goes. And we are going to be taking a trip, so if you'd like to participate in that, just, again, go Go to florencerelief.cc, and you can participate with all of that. It's going to be great. Now, tonight, today, I want to talk about this, this whole idea of flip side. Everybody say flip side. We're in a series uh, talking about how Jesus has completely flipped everything upside down. 
He's flipped everything upside down. Here's what he said. He said, if you wanna live, you gotta die. He said, if you wanna receive, you gotta give. He said, if you want to um, be great, you gotta serve. And today, what I wanna do is I wanna talk specifically about living a flip side life, living a flip side life. So not only when Jesus came did he flip the world upside down, Actually, he has flipped us upside down when we decide to follow him. He's called us to a different level of living, a different style of living, a Jesus style of living, a whole new way to have an outlook on your life, your family's life, your your future, your purpose. He flips it upside down. When he came, you know, Jesus was very radical, extremely radical. Most of what he said was extremely radical. It reminds me of one of the stories that happened later after he was raised from the dead. Uh, Two guys that followed him his entire life uh, in ministry, three and a half years, James and uh, Peter and John. Look look at this real quick in Acts chapter three. This is like my favorite story. How many know God can set you up sometimes? He can set you up. Anybody been set up before? I've been set up. God orchestrates something, you came along to it, and then afterwards you go, oh my gosh, that was a God set up. Well, this is exactly what happened with Peter and John. It says this in Acts chapter three, verse one. Now, Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer. They were going to church, the ninth hour, and a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate. Now, we'll find out later, if you continue to read the entire story, that this guy was 40 years old. That means probably by the time he was six, seven, or eight years old, his family was laying him daily at the gate so that that he could pay his way, so he could receive alms, so he could get gifts from people as they were going in church. Good place to sit. You know, people feel a little guilty when they're walking in church. Why not sit outside the gate of the church? Come on, I mean, if you're gonna do it, do it right. So he's outside of the gate, and people are giving him money, However, Peter and John are coming in. They have been radically changed. Their whole life has been changed. It says, lay daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful to ask alms from those who entered the gate. And so here's what happens. I'm just gonna paraphrase it. He, cried, he, he looks at Peter and John. He goes, hey, give me some money. I want some money. Give me some money. Peter looks at him and says, listen, I don't have any money. And I don't think he didn't have any money. I, I think it was more of, Money is not really what you need. There's something better that you need. See, I could give you a fish or I could teach you how to fish. I, I could, I, I could, I could help give you some money and you could go home, but instead of you spending the next 40 years of your life lame and sick, how about I give you something that's better than that? And he says, he grabs his hand, he says, rise up. And this guy who had been basically lame for 40 years, think about, this is an incredible miracle, by the way. He, I, he never walked, so muscles formed around his bones, his, uh, around his legs, his ankle bones probably snapped back into place. This was probably an amazing miracle. He, he doesn't just start walking, he starts leaping and praising God. And immediately, 
the religious people get mad. They start, they start getting mad at Peter and John, like, why are you doing this? And instead of looking at the miracle, and this is what religious people do, they never look at the good. They always look at how they can criticize. And so they immediately started criticizing Peter and John, like, who do you think you are? And this is where I wanna go with this today. Look at what happens after they get pulled basically to the principal's office of the religious people. They get pulled up to the front and they're challenged by the religious people. And, and when they looked at Peter and John after Peter took this opportunity, he healed the sick, he preaches a message, people get saved. I mean, there's all kinds of this craziness happening in the city, and this is what happens when your life gets flipped upside down. It says, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and notice what happened. They perceived that they were uneducated and untrained. These guys shouldn't be doing that. They shouldn't talk like that. I want you to think about this. They shouldn't think like that. They shouldn't live like that. What makes, what makes you think that you should be doing that? This is what happens when your life gets flipped upside down. People, are, people should be starting looking at you like, you shouldn't have a business like that. You shouldn't have a family like that. I know where you came from. I know what kind of life you had. I know what kind of life you grew up in. You shouldn't be that way. They perceived that they were uneducated, untrained men, and they marveled. They were like, oh my gosh, this is a, something's different about them. And they realized that they had been with Jesus. Let me ask you a question that I want you to think about. When was the last time somebody said to you, it's obvious you've been with Jesus? When was the last time somebody said to you, it is obvious that you have been with Jesus? Because if we are followers of Christ, there should be a significant difference between us and the world we live in. There should be a very unique difference between you and the people who are not followers of Christ. If you blend in too much, if you have too much of the world camo on, come on, you look just like the world, I would challenge you to think maybe it's time to live a flip side life. Because here's what people, I think people today kind of live this way. There's a big difference between liking Jesus and being like Jesus. I think we really enjoy the liking part of Jesus. Like, I like church. Ooh, that's fun. I like that song. Ooh, I like that song. Uh, uh, uh. Reckless love. I like that song. That's a good song. Oh, Jesus. Mm, authentic conference. Here I come. I'm just going to be authentic. I like you, Jesus. I like you, Jesus. We like him until he says that we need to change. We like, oh, I like you, Jesus. I don't want to tithe, but I like you. Ooh, don't ask for my money. It's my money, my money, mo money. That's what, big difference between liking Jesus and being like Jesus, isn't it? Big difference. Like Christianity. We like the T-shirt, worship. But there's a difference. There's, there's something that must be different about you, something that must separate you, something that changes you. See, here's what I believe. You can't encounter Jesus and be the same person. See, I, let me just be honest with you. You wouldn't like the old Troy. My BC days, before Christ days, my wife will tell you. I mean, I had to work on her to like me. I had to wear her down. I told somebody the other day, I said, you can just, just wear her down. You're going to like me. You're going to 
you're going to marry me. I'm going to wear you down. Then when I threw Jesus in the mix, it was like, ooh, it's all over with because I had the wearing down and the God part kind of mixed into one. So it was awesome. But you wouldn't have liked the old Troy. The old Troy was a fighter. I like to, to pick on people. I like to fight. I, was, I could cuss. I could cuss in three languages. I was so good. <laughs> it was bad. I mean, I was a, not a very nice person. I was prideful. But I encountered Jesus. See, when you encounter Jesus, you can't help but change. I mean, I'm talking about really encounter him. I'm not talking about sort of come to church encounter, maybe I like this or that. Maybe I'll just kind of pick apart the Bible, the parts that I like. I like the blessing side of God. I'm talking about really getting saved, really getting changed, really having the Holy Spirit come and live. I'm talking about when you pray prayers like, examine me, God. If there be any wicked way in me, God. If there, change me, God. I mean, I'm talking about sacrificial kind of life flipped upside down because if we want people to say it's obvious you've been with Jesus then we need to spend more time with Jesus and the more time you spend with Jesus the different the more different you will become I love the way Paul says it and and I think I think it's uh, let me say it this way God doesn't give facelifts he gives heart transplants listen to that one that's a good one right let me say it one more time God doesn't give Jesus does not give facelifts he gives heart transplants. Here, here's how Paul said it. And I want to just kind of dig into three different ways of life that we need to have. Okay, so the first, in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Don't copy it. But let God, say it with me, transform. One more time. Transform you into a new person. Transform you into a new ter- person by changing the way that you think. It all starts with our thinking. He says, then you will learn to know God's will for you. So when we think differently, that opens the ability for God to impart his will into our life, which is good and pleasing and perfect. It's amazing how when your beliefs change, when your values change, the way that you think about your purpose, the way that you think about your life, the way that you think about your past, the way that you think about other people. And it comes by allowing God to transform you. Ultimately, it comes from the word of God. That's why it's so important to to spend time reading the Bible on a daily basis, even if you don't understand it. Listen, if I don't understand it, I still believe it. I need to understand this. Yeah, but you're, you're talking about you're trying to be on the same level as God. And what I've learned about the scriptures is sometimes I need to change in order for him to reveal in the word what it is that he wants to show me. I'm not ready yet. Okay, it's kind of like giving the keys of a Ferrari to a six-year-old. They're not quite ready to drive it. You understand? And so God says, no, I can't release that to you yet until your insides are ready to be transformed. And so God tells us we gotta think differently. We gotta think differently. Listen to uh, Colossians chapter, so we gotta think differently. Listen to Colossians chapter three, verse two. It says, don't shuffle along eyes to the ground absorbed with the things in front of you. Look up and be alert to what is going on around Christ. 
That's where the action is. See things from his perspective. So not only do we need to think differently, we also need to see differently. See in what way? Well, we need to see people differently. See through eyes of compassion. See through eyes of grace. We need to see our purpose differently. I've discovered that God's plan becomes clear to me from the vantage point of heaven. Not looking earth to heaven, but looking from heaven to earth. And let me just give you a hint about God's plan for your life. God's plan for your life will always include two things. Number one, it will always include influencing or impacting eternity. And it will always include impacting other people. If you're... If God's will, if you think that's God's will for your life, that's the first litmus test, that's the first filter that we have to put it through, is, number one, is this impacting eternity? Does this have a legacy connection? Or secondly, is it influencing other people? God's will, God's purpose will never be all about you. Let me say that one more time, because I think that maybe kind of went a little, maybe pie you. Maybe I gave the keys to a six-year-old right there, but just listen. Think about this. Listen, it's, it's, got, it's never gonna be just about you. If it's all about you, well, this is my ministry, you're missing it. This is my business. No, your business will always be a blessing through you to other people, always influence other people. We gotta see things. I heard Paul Scanlon say it this way. I love what he talked about. He said, ever been into a coffee shop and you see somebody walking and they got a tux on? And you're like, man, that's a little odd. You know, why, why are they got a tux on? Or maybe riding the bus and they got an evening gown on, on the bus. You're like, why are they riding the bus in the evening gown? And he mentioned that oftentimes we tend to dress for where we are instead of dressing for where we're going to be. Those people are not dressed for where they are. They're dressing for where they are going to be, their future. So in order to see differently, you have to be able to see into the future. And God gives us the ability to do that. He shows us how to do that. So we see purpose. We see church differently. Church doesn't become a place to go to. Actually, church, you realize, is you. It's not just a place to visit on Sundays. Actually, we come to gather with the saints. For next, forsake not the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some, for the day is approaching. We come together to glean off of each other. Like I said last week, you need to cheat off a Christian. Find somebody that's got some scars that look like the ones that you might be getting and cheat off their paper. Look at, their, look at how they're living their life and learn and glean from them. That's what community is all about. And then you take the presence of God into your workplace. Take it into your home because now you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Are you following what I'm saying here? You following where I'm going with this? And this is where I want to park for the rest of our time together. I want to talk about living differently. Living differently. Now, Jesus, when he came, he made it very clear that the life that he described was very different. And he preached a message, his greatest message of all time, which was the Sermon on the Mount. Now, if you were to take Jesus and fast forward him to the 21st century and he were to preach that message, he wouldn't have written a lot of books as a result of it. We read that from our vantage point, 
2,000 years ahead. And as believers, and we look at that as, wow, that's amazing. But what he was saying was radical. If he would have posted the YouTube on Instagram of him preaching that message, he wouldn't have got many followers. That was a very hard message towards the people and where they were living because he was talking about a whole upside down type of living. He started with the Beatitudes. Blessed are the peacemakers. What? Peacemakers? We're not supposed to. We, we are oppressed people right now. They were oppressed by the Roman government. We need to be at war. We need a king that's gonna lead us into battle. And Jesus was like, I didn't come with the sword. I came to bring peace. You see what, I, see his whole idea of life was upside down. And he wanted followers who would live that life upside down. And then he got to this part of his message where he started talking about what had been said of old, the old covenant idea, the old covenant way of living. And he was transforming it, taking it deeper, taking it to a whole different level. And so what ended up happening is he started giving us a way of life, a way in which to follow, not just like him, but to be like him, to be like him. And so I wanna share with you just a few of these And if you read the whole sermon, you'll discover there's a lot of different things, but I wanna just hit on four of them today. Look at Matthew 5, and this is the beginning of when he made this statement. He says, you have heard that it was said, and this is basically what he was doing. He was trying to bring them all back to the Old Testament, the old law, and he said, you have heard that it was said that to the people long ago, don't kill people. Everybody's like, yeah, you probably shouldn't do that. I think we all know that, right? Most of the time, come on, raise your hand if you, nobody's killed anybody today. Don't tell me, I don't want to know. He says, but no, let me flip it upside down. He said, I tell you that anyone who was angry with his brother will be subject to judgment. He flipped it all the way upside down. He took it to a whole different level. He says, yeah, we understand the idea of murder, but what about emotional murder? What about verbal murder? What about, what about 21st, let's take it to 21st century. What about Facebook comment murder? We don't want to go there because that's not a Sunday thing. I, you know, I don't do that on the weekends, Pastor. But Monday through Friday, I'd be hating on some people on Facebook. And that's exactly what he's talking about. What, what about comment murder? What about Twitter murder? See, here's what Jesus was telling us to do. He was saying, live honoring. This is a lost art, by the way. This idea of honor. No, right now, it's all about rebellion. It's all about, no, no, no. This is why we see it in our, in our country right now. I don't like what the president's doing, so you know what? I hate him. Hold on a second. Now, hold on a second. Is that honoring? See, Jesus said, it was said of old, not don't kill him physical murder, but I want to take it, I want to flip it upside down and say, if you're angry with someone, you're in danger of the judgment. Honor, live honoring, honor people, honor your brothers, honor your sisters. Let me say it this way, honor up, honor down, honor all around, honor up. And that's the easy part, isn't it? 
It's easy to honor our bosses because if we don't, they'll fire us. And everybody that works here says amen. <laughs> honor down. Okay, um, that's okay. I, I might do that. I like the whole, especially if I'm the boss, I like the whole honor up thing. I like that part of it. I like the idea of people honoring me, but now I gotta honor you, honor down. Honor all around, I gotta honor people around the same. Now this is a whole different attitude. This is a whole different life. Honor means to give weight or value to someone or something. It means to give weight or value. Honor is always looking for a new way to appreciate someone. Worst investment you can do is to buy a brand new car. I know we like brand new cars and we've all bought them, but that's the worst investment because here's what happens. As soon as you drive it off the lot, it immediately what? Depreciates. But when you honor someone, every time you appreciate them, every time you value them, the relationship with you, that you have with them appreciates. The best investment that you can make into someone, honor up, honor down, honor all around. Because every time you honor someone, even if they ignore you, the relationship appreciates. There's a value that's added. Honor is seeking to understand rather than to be understood. That's what honor is. We live in a world right now where everybody wants to be understood. You need to understand my position. You need to know what's going on in my world. Hold on a second. No, people, people don't care how much you know. I love the way John Maxwell says it. People don't care how much you know. They want to know that you care. And so instead of seeking for people to understand you, flip it around. Flip it upside down. Flip it around and go, I want to understand where you are. Lean, that's what honoring looks like. That's how you lean into someone is you honor them by saying, I want to understand your position. I want to understand your perspective. Man, if we did this, if we just did this as Christians, and if we didn't do it publicly on social media, if we actually picked up the phone, you know that thing that you call? It's, hey, this is Troy. You remember me, the guy that only texted? The guy that only sent emails because I didn't want to publicly talk to you because I was afraid that we might, that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about face-to-face -face conversations because that's where we need to get back to. That's when true honor happens. That's when true honor, honor up, honor down, honor all around. Honor applauds, honor recognizes, honor celebrates, honor elevates. Come on, say it with me one more time. Honor up, honor all around. Here's the second thing is we need to live purely. Live purely. Look at what Jesus said in Matthew 5. He said, verse 27, he says, you have heard that it was said, do not commit adultery. The word adultery means to break marriage. It doesn't just mean the sin, in the sense of breaking marriage. It actually means breaking covenant. So do not commit a breaking of covenant. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. 
So he takes it up another level. He says, listen, even if you look, now what he's talking about is living a pure life. Now, why did he say this? Does he want us not to have any fun? Because that's what it sounds like Jesus is saying. Well, we can't even look at a girl. We can't even look at a guy. We can't even, I mean, what am I supposed to do? Walk around like this all the time, put blinders on and, and just hang around with only people of my sex until I, how do you ever find the right one? If you're not allowed to look at them. <laughs> Come on. So what's, what's the deal? What is he talking about? See, I think when we talk about purity, we only go to one level of it. We talk about, well, don't look at pornography and, and don't, don't have sex with people that you're not married to. And definitely when you're married, make sure you are continuing to have sex with the one that you're married to and don't you know, kind of exit out the other direction. Let's make sure we keep that straight. But what is the underlying principle here? What is the reason why he's making this statement? So we gotta go all the way back to the beginning. See, when, when God set up worship, he created this thing called the tabernacle in the middle of his people. And he basically put these guys in charge of it called priests. And every gate or every entrance into a closer connection with God required a new level of purity. Every time you walked through a gate, you had to physically do something to cleanse yourself so that you could get closer to God. See, the point was, if you want the presence of God, you've gotta live a pure life. Not just, I need to stay away from girls, I need to stay away from guys, I need to not have sex. That's not the point. The point is, God, I love you so much that I wanna be close to you. I love you enough that I wanna, I wanna be connected with you. I, 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 wanna, I wanna be with you. I, I wanna be in relationship with you. I wanna be next to you. And so I'm gonna wash my hands. I'm gonna bring a sacrifice. I'm gonna cleanse myself. I'm gonna live pure. It may look weird to the world because you know I'm not testing the car out before I buy it. Remember, we're talking about living a flip side life. We're trying to disconnect ourselves from the way the world is living and live a life that Jesus, like Jesus, not just liking Jesus, but that it's obvious to people around us there's something different about you. Tell me what that is. That's why I wanna be pure. That's why I'm not gonna sleep with you. That's why I'm not gonna have an emotional relationship with you. That's why I'm not gonna look at pornography. It's because I wanna be close to Jesus. I wanna be close to God. I wanna get next to God. I wanna keep walking through the gate so I can spend time with him. Ultimately understanding that don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? So now fast forward, we go from a tabernacle because God, listen, listen, listen. God doesn't inhabit buildings, he inhabits people. So now we become the church. So every time we decide to get a little cleaner, a little more pure, a little more holy in our actions, in our life, we're saying, God, we are a temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God. You do not belong to yourself. You are the temple. Point at your neighbor. Say, you're the temple of the Holy Spirit. Come on, online. Just point at the person beside you. Say, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You're the temple of the Holy Spirit. Live purely. 
Here's the third one, is you gotta live committed. Live committed. Here's what he said. Listen to what he said. Matthew 5, verse 33. Again, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, don't break your oath, but keep the oaths you have made to the Lord. All you need to say is simply yes or no. He's talking about commitment. You say, well, why is this a flip side? I'm pretty committed. Yeah, but our world isn't very committed. Not a lot of discipline. Not a lot of commitment. I learned commitment when I was 12 years old. I had my first job. I, was a pay, I delivered newspapers. 12, I don't know why they gave 12-year-olds the ability to deliver you know, such an important thing, but I got a job, and I had three routes, and I had a Raleigh Rampar, a bike. I would put the basket. I had the basket on the front. And every day, I would fill up. I would fold the papers up at about 5 o'clock in the morning all by myself. Nobody had to wake me up. My mom didn't wake me up because the cash was good. And it was cash. No checks. It was all cash. Because you went and collected from people that were a part of your paper route. So I made a lot of money. Until early on in my paper route, on a Sunday. Now, I don't get the newspaper now. But back then, the Sunday paper was huge humongous so I woke up on this Sunday everything was good until this Sunday I was committed until this Sunday because on this Sunday it was pouring down rain I'm talking like flow kind of rain like really bad rain pouring down I was crying went up to my room my mom I need some help and she's like go back I'm not helping you that's what she said I worked all night long I'm not helping you at all you got a car that's all right it's your job not my job I had to learn commitment real fast it was bad like really bad not only did I have to fold the papers I actually had to put them in bags and I couldn't I couldn't carry that many in bags on my bicycle. I started about six o'clock in the morning. I didn't finish till 10 o'clock. People were angry. They didn't get their newspapers till 10 o'clock on Sunday morning from that day. But I realized what commitment looked like. Yeah, I loved the benefit of what I received when I went and collected the money. That was a great thing. But when the pressure came, see, commitment and integrity are very closely related. You know what integrity, integrity means lasting under pressure. Lasting under pressure. That's, what, that's when you really find out how committed you are. Is when, can you last under pressure? This building is a steel building. It's built, the reason why we're gonna have so much room in the middle is because of these steel archways. And I didn't know this when we built the building, but they have to test the steel to make sure that it can carry a certain amount of weight. In other words, it is tested under pressure to make sure when a hurricane comes, that we can be safe underneath here. Aren't you thankful for the integrity of the steel that you're sitting under right now? Well, listen, dads, sometimes you gotta deliver even when it's raining. Listen, moms, sometimes you gotta deliver even when it's raining. Listen, millennials, sometimes you gotta deliver even when it's raining. Even when the pressure comes, even when you don't like that job, you better keep working or you're gonna have to move back in with mom. And some parents ain't going to let you move back in. <laughs> or you, can, you may pay some rent. And the price is getting higher. Every age you get older, it gets a little higher. Okay, okay, I just want to let you know that. 
You gotta live committed. Look at your neighbor and say, you gotta live committed. You gotta live committed. And here's the last one, is you gotta live forgiving. Live forgiving. I saved the best for last. Here's what he said. He said, you have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If someone strikes you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. Whoa, 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 now you're really digging deep. Come on, Jesus, you mean give him the other side? Because our, our tendency is retaliate. This is our desire. Here's what we wanna do, we wanna retaliate. We want revenge, Lord. You don't know what they did to me. You don't know what they said to me. You don't know how they treated me. You don't know how I feel about this. He says, no, no, no. It used to be the way that if they took your eye, you could take their eye. If you took their tooth, if, you, if they took your tooth, if you could take their tooth. If they took your arm, you could take their arm. If, you, if they hurt you, you could hurt them right back. But I'm not saying that. If you want to live a flip side kind of life, then you've got to forgive them. You've got to let them go. Jordan Spieth is one of the greatest golfers right now. I'm going to talk about golf for a second. He's a great golfer. You can look him up. He's a young guy in his early 20s. Phenomenal golfer. One of the things about Jordan that's unique, and if you ever watch him, he's really fun to watch because before the shot and after the shot, he's talking. Just talking to himself. He's always talking. When he hits a bad shot, he's always talking to himself. He's just, oh man, I can't believe, oh, he's just talking, talking, talk, talk, talk. And the, the people that are, are, are watching, the commentators are blown away because they can't figure out. They, they, they struggle with the fact that he's able to do all this talking before the shot, hit the shot, and, and golf, listen, listen, golf, if you ever wanna play golf, golf is a, is a game of misses. You have to limit your misses. It's not good shots, good shots are, but you're not gonna hit a good shot every time. You're gonna hit some bad shots. How you recover from those bad shots is the important thing. So Jordan, he hits a bad shot, oh, you know, he's heads down, but then he goes and he hits the next shot and he hits a fantastic shot. He, he can do terrible on a hole and then come back and birdie the next hole, which is really good. And they're amazed. You know why Jordan is so good? He's a good forgetter. Because listen to me, church. If you carry bad shots into your next shot, you're always gonna have a bad shot. If you carry the bitterness of the past relationship, the past hurt, the past problems into your new relationships, I can promise you it will hurt. And you, you gotta be a good forgetter. I'm thankful that God is a good forgetter. Aren't you? And I think it was important that when Jesus left the earth, the last thing that he said as he's on the cross for humanity, the last thing that he says is Jesus said to everybody, Everybody out there, the ones that put him on the cross, the Romans that put him there, the, the religious people that put him on the cross, Father, 
Forgive them, for they know not what they do. Let me ask you, when was the last time somebody said to you, it's obvious you've been with Jesus? Just stand up on your feet. Close your eyes if you could. If you're watching online, just take a minute if you can and just close your eyes. I'm thankful that the Bible says as far as the east is from the west, Jesus, God forget, forgets my sin. As far as the east is from the west, he remembers my sin no more. If you're ever tempted, every eye closed, Every head bowed. If you're ever tempted to not forgive someone, just remember that you are forgiven. If you're ever tempted to hold bitterness, if you're ever tempted to sit in the seat of retaliation, the seat of revenge, the seat of unforgiveness, the seat of bitterness, just remember you've been forgiven a lot. Because there's a lot of things that people don't know that you think. That they don't know what you said. They don't know how your motives were. But God does. And He forgives you. He forgives you. I believe some of you today need to release some parents. You need to forgive some parents. You need to forgive some people that hurt you. Even recently, some people have said some things to you that have hurt you. Some old bosses, some old boyfriends, some old girlfriends. Even me saying that brings up some thoughts. Look, it was a bad shot. Talked enough, now it's time to hit a new shot. It's time to start with something new. If you're here in this place and maybe you need some forgiveness for your life personally, if you just need some forgiveness, pray for you. If you're watching, if you need some forgiveness in your life, this is what I love about Christ. This is what I love about Jesus. He loves you so much that he forgives you. He forgives you. He forgives you right now. If you're here in this place watching online and you just need some forgiveness in your life, you know that you have missed some shots personally. I just want you to just raise your hand. I want to pray for you all across this room. Even online, just, just, I know it might be weird, you're all by yourself, but just raise your hand just to God. You're, you're with God. Just raise your hand. I want to pray for you. Let's pray this out loud. Everybody pray this prayer. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus died for me. I believe that his blood was shed for my forgiveness. Today, I start brand new. I start fresh. New life. I'm a new person in Jesus' name. Now, if you know there's somebody in your life you need to forgive, you need to release some of them. Maybe they, they might even be dead. I don't know. I want you to lift both hands to heaven because we're going to pray a prayer together and we're going to release them. You say, well, what, what if I don't feel anything? No, forgiveness is faith. It takes faith. It's an act of faith. You may never feel anything, but that's okay. Just allow the presence of God to come and release all that hurt, all that pain, all that heartache. Let him release it. If you're watching, just lift both hands to heaven. 
I need to forgive someone in my life. I need to release someone, release, release someone in my life. I'm going to pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for every person who's honest with God today. I pray, Lord, that you would release them from their own prison of unforgiveness. You have given us the key. You have given us the key. And so, Father, right now, we turn that key. We unlock bitterness. We unlock revenge. We unlock the chains of that oppressive thought. Even when that name is mentioned, we, we pray now that we'll be able to we'll be able to pray for them and bless them, release them. You even said, Jesus, bless those that persecute you. So Lord, we ask you right now in the precious name of Jesus to cleanse us from all unforgiveness. We release that person we release their hold on us by releasing them of their hurt towards ourselves. In Jesus' name. Thanks again for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed this message. Don't forget to subscribe. And hey, if you want to find out more about our church or how you can be a part, go to freedomhouse.cc.